Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. Today's show topic is the role of inorganic nitrate supplements on blood pressure reduction in prehypertensive men and women. My guest today is Dr. Matthew J. Budoff, MD. He's a professor of medicine at UCLA. He's director of Cardiac CT and the fellowship program in the Division of Cardiology at Harbor UCLA Medical Center. So welcome, Dr. Budoff. Thanks for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So what got you intrigued or interested about studying a nitrate-rich beetroot supplement, aside from a company coming to you and saying, I want to study scientifically my product? Is there any clinical interest that you have? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very interested in nitric oxide. I think the measurements of nitric oxide have been a little challenging up until recently. And there's just so many claims of so many different products out there. And some of them are very valid and very helpful. And some of them are are not as good as advertised. So I'm very interested in studying some of these nutraceuticals to try to figure out, you know, how good are they? Do they work? And if so, how do they work? Well, what's the hypothesized mechanism of action for nitric oxide? So as we understand nitric oxide, it's a potent vasodilator. It also protects the endothelial cells against atherosclerosis. So it has a lot of active potential to be a really cardioprotective mechanism. And again, just I think the limitations of measuring it in the past have limited the amount of data that's available currently with the benefit of nitrates and nitric oxide. So you took a group of prehypertensives. What's that mean and what's a risk factor for prehypertensives versus a hypertensive subject for vascular health? So we looked at patients who were in that borderline blood pressure range, typically in the 130 to 140 range, at least in the past was prehypertension. Now in the new era of blood pressure is stage one hypertension. But when we did the trial, it was still considered prehypertension. And that's because those are patients who potentially could get away without a prescription therapy. If your blood pressure is in the 130s and you can drop it by six points, you know, eight points, 10 points, millimeters of mercury, then you're going to be able to avoid prescription medication for blood pressure control. So I know this might sound a simple question, but what's the difference between treating with a nutraceutical versus a medication? Is it cost? Is it side effects? Or what would be the theory? Well, I think it, it potency partially. I mean, the pharmaceutical drugs are highly purified. So it's like if you were to talk about red yeast rice versus lovastatin, right? So they're both lovastatin, but a lovastatin tablet has more milligrams and more consistent milligrams than different formulations of red yeast rice. So you can get the right product, but if you just took it over the counter or a dietary supplement, you may be getting none you may be getting a lot. And there's a consistency to prescription medications. And there's also outcome data with prescription medications that are sometimes lacking in some of the nutraceuticals that we use. Would you suspect there's less side effects to the beetroot extract? Yes. I think a food product is always going to have a better side effect profile. It's going to be safer. It's going to be better accepted by patients. I think there's a huge number of advantages of doing this in a more natural way. There's no doubt to me that patients will be much more accepting of this. Again, though, we have to remember that if their blood pressure is 180 systolic, that 
using this beetroot extract by itself is not probably not going to get them to go and they're still going to be at increased risk of stroke and other complications. How do you test for nitric oxide? So the way we did it is we had saliva that we looked at to look at both nitric, nitric oxide as well as nitrites and we had blood as well as a test strip that was provided for the patients to look at the amount of nitric oxide that's in their saliva. So do you actually measure nitric oxide in the blood? Yes, we did in this study. Is it something that's just around for seconds or how do you do that? How does that work? Well, we're looking at the average value. So it, you, know, you have sun in your body at all times and then uh, at a certain timed interval after the dose of the medicine, whether it was the placebo or the active compound, we then measured the, the nitric oxide in the blood. Now, how do you test for a healthy endothelium, the inner lining of the artery that everybody talks about, that they want it to be healthy because it secretes the nitric oxide, correct? Right. So we can't test, at least I don't know of any way of testing the nitric oxide at the level of the vessel, but we looked at blood pressure health by looking at endothelial function. We used brachial flow-mediated dilation to look at the response of the endothelium to the beetroot extract versus the placebo arm. Can you explain that test a little bit? Because there's a lot of people say they have tests for endothelial function. Can you explain how this works? Yeah, so this was the very first test that was ever derived uh, for endothelial function, kind of what most people would consider the gold standard in the field. This literally puts a blood pressure cuff, inflates it over the arm, and then at a timed interval, drops the pressure and we see how quickly, how large the artery gets. So the more it dilates after you release the blood, the blood pressure cuff and you have blood flowing in there, the bigger that artery gets, the healthier it gets. So if you had a blunted response, you have very little change in the diameter. And if you had a robust response, you'd have a big dilation of that vessel. Does the robust response not just correlate with blood pressure, would it also correlate with maybe plaque in the arteries and stiffening or no? It's definitely inhibited by plaque. So if you had a very diseased blood vessel, then it would be less responsive. So it could be looking at either the overall health of the vasculature that would be like a baseline value, right? Your baseline value is poor. That means you have a lot of atherosclerosis and stiff vessels. And we didn't use it in that way. We used it to see what the response to therapy was. So did it get better once you gave the medicine? And we saw an improvement in the brachial flow-mediated dilation, a significant improvement in the group that got the beetroot extract. And we saw no significant change in the group that got placebo. So we saw a difference based on therapy. So let's talk about the, the study design. Uh, how many people were in the study? How long did you study it? And why did you choose just, I think, 12 weeks was the study? Yeah, so the, we usually do 12-week studies for things like endothelial function, for lipids. Three months is a reasonable time frame as a short-term study to look at the short-term effects of therapy. So what we did in this case is we enrolled 67 people. We expected to lose about 10% so that we would have at least 30 per arm at the end of the trial. We randomized these patients into placebo or active treatment, tested them at baseline, tested them two hours after their first dose of therapy to see what the acute effect was of getting a single pill and then followed them for 12 weeks and tested everything again at the end of 12 weeks. The product was the Berkeley Life Nitric Oxide Support product. Now, it was one pill, correct? So there was probably excellent compliance with the testing. It was a single pill. It has beetroot extract, thiamine, and potassium, as well as ascorbic acid. So it was kind of a combination pill. And were there any side effects? 
No, patients tolerated it very well. We had just a couple people who didn't complete the study for various reasons. Mostly they moved or, or couldn't participate because of work anymore, but there was no significant issues as far as side effects. Again, it was a small study, so I don't want to talk too much about safety when we're only, we ended up with 62 people over 12 weeks, but it was very well tolerated. In the blood pressure drop, how would you compare that to a pharmaceutical? So this was dramatic. I mean, this was 12 weeks. There was a 12 and a half millimeter drop in the active component in the systolic blood pressure. That would be very similar to a prescription therapy. The net reduction was over six millimeters because the placebo group also came down. It's a phenomenon we see in almost every blood pressure trial is that even in the placebo group, the blood pressure tends to come down a little bit. And that's probably because patients are a little more compliant and maybe they're watching their salt a little more because they know they're in a blood pressure trial. So they become better patients in general. But there was still a net reduction that was quite significant with the active component and both systolic and diastolic blood pressures were improved over the course of 12 weeks. So this would be a reasonable thing for a prehypertensive to try? Um, yeah, or, or a hypertensive in addition to other therapy. Again, my, my fear is that someone's going to have a blood pressure of 160 or 180 millimeters of mercury and say, I'll take this beetroot extract and I'll be fine. And their blood pressure will come down by 10 millimeters of mercury, but it's still going to be 170. So it's probably not strong enough to be a standalone. Neither is any one prescription medicine, but it's not strong enough to be a standalone for severe hypertension. But it's a great supplement to other antihypertensives or in mild or borderline hypertension, it's a great way to get the blood pressure down to normal. So there would be no problem with other hypertensives to give it. And how about any other cardiac meds that you know of or interactions? Yeah, I can't imagine there would be any major interactions. Uh, the only thing I might be thinking about would be something like nitroglycerin itself or maybe some of the Cialis or Viagra that interfere with the PDE pathway, which might affect nitrous oxide as well. So then you might get a compounded effect, but that's only theoretical and I'm not sure that would be a real problem. So do you think this would attenuate over, let's say, three to six months or a year or would you still have a sustained effect? What's your guess? I mean, the, the curves were going better over time. The numbers were still going down from baseline we, we had an interim measure at not only at two hours, but at two weeks, and then again at 12 weeks. And the numbers continued to decline over that time period. Um, so it doesn't look like there was much in the way of attenuation. But again, you know, without doing a one-year study or, or a longer, it's hard to know for sure. But I, I would imagine that it's a, it's a sustained benefit. I mean, if we think about the benefits of being on a plant-based regimen in general, some of it has to be a sustained benefit if we're going to see cardiovascular outcome benefits. So I would put this in the same category. So let's say you carried this study out for a year and you had lowering of blood pressure and then you had improvement of endothelial function. Would you not expect there might be some slowing of plaque progression? Would that be unreasonable to think? No, we've done some studies with our aged garlic extract where we've looked at both endothelial function as well as blood pressure and we've seen benefit and those trials and there are now five of them that we've done with garlic all show a slowing of atherosclerosis so I think that's a that would almost be a guaranteed fact but we'd have to look at the magnitude and what components of plaque got better with this therapy Okay. Do you have any other comments you'd like to make about the study, this product? No, I mean, I was very, I was very favorably impressed. I didn't expect 
to see such a large drop in blood pressure, but it had a nice effect on blood pressure. It had a nice effect on the brachial flow, mediated dilation, uh, very consistent findings across the cohort. So now our plans are is to consider a one-year study where we can really look at plaque and sustained benefits as we talked about. Excellent. All right, Dr. Budoff, I know you're busy. Thank you for taking the time and we'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. You have a great day. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. I'll have a summary of this podcast below the, the link and some links to the product itself. So I'll talk to you soon.